Both of us work over at PeterReport.com, where we have been tirelessly typing away to bring you all of the Bucks' latest roster moves, the roster cuts, as this group whittles its way down from 80 to 53, the final 53. We are almost there. We thought we might have every cut announced, Matt, by the time that we kind of open this thing up a little bit uh, on the show, but we don't have every cut yet, but we're very close to having all of them, and uh, not too many surprises so far, right? That's correct. We are getting there for sure. I think one of the biggest questions going in, and we're a little zoomed in here. We were, there we, we go. Real that's close that's there a little bit second. better. I think one of the biggest questions really going in was, uh, you know, when we saw that Tanner Hudson got cut yesterday and then Cody McElroy got cut today, we, we may have thought, or at least some of us were hypothesizing that, yeah. okay, well, if the Bucs are going to keep three tight ends, does this mean that they will keep seven wide receivers and Jaden Mickens therefore can be the kick and punt return guy. But as we saw today as well, Mickens got cut. There's a good chance he could end up on the practice squad. But if Mickens isn't going to be that seventh receiver, looks like the Bucks are going in a little bit of a different direction. Yeah, for sure. That is going to be the whole offense. Like they're not, doesn't seem like they're, seems like offense is pretty set. Doesn't seem like they're keeping right. that many unless they surprise us and keep 10 offensive linemen. That's Which would only... be kind of insane at that point. Like at I, first it started yeah. like, oh, will they keep eight? Now it's, hmm, they could keep nine. But ten seems, ten seems bit, crazy. A, nine ten seems a bit much for all right. the talent on this team at different positions. Okay, so I'm not good at math, but three quarterbacks, right? Let's just look on the offensive side of that things. That is correct. Most of the intrigue still remaining lies on defense. We'll go through the offense real quick. Yeah. Here. We've got Ryan Griffin cut today, or he'll be released with the 4 o'clock, which should be going out any minute now. So he, uh, so that leaves Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbard, and Cal Trask as the Bucks' quarterbacks. No surprises there. Correct. Three quarterbacks. Uh, we'll see what happens if Brady and Gabbard were to both go down, if Trask would get the call, or if Griffin would. Uh, hopefully we don't have to ever know the answer to that question. Uh, running back, Please. Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard, and right now Keyshawn Vaughn still around. That would have been a very, very big surprise if he were cut. Uh, so, hey, uh, he's he's going to be the gunner, number yeah, one gunner. It seems that way right now, Matt. It seems like he's, yeah. he was drafted in the third round to be a gunner. It's, yep, it's that's uh... that was the plan. Um, wide receiver, <laughs> six wide receivers. So we wondered if there would be seven there, and there won't be. We wondered if there would be four tight ends, and there won't be. So both nope. of those position groups a little bit lighter than maybe we'd anticipated going in. The six receivers are obviously Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden. I think about two weeks ago, we kind of settled in that, that was, those six were going to make it for sure. We felt really yeah. confident in that. And Their then, biggest thing is, can Tyler Johnson take some reps from Scotty Miller, or was Jalen yeah. Darden going to surpass Tyler Johnson? But as the preseasons went on, they, they've kind of all solidified themselves uh, that Johnson will be the five. Still holding out, maybe he could get a couple reps and in front of Scotty Miller, but we could discuss that later. Right, right. So now we're at offensive line, which is that and defensive line are still the positions with some intrigue left. Yes. Um, here we've no obviously eight offensive linemen will make the team. The five starters: Aaron Stinney, Josh Wells, and 
Robert Hainsey. Now it comes down to Nick Leverett or Brad Seaton if there's nine, and we would think Leverett would win that job. So we'll see if that ends up happening. I'm assuming we'll get hopefully some official word on these cuts very soon. Um, but that one will be still of intrigue. And then what happens? Do they keep 10? And what happens with a guy like John Molshin, who actually played a lot better once he got an opportunity uh, to contribute as camp went on and, and even played okay in the preseason at a new position of center too. So some good things for him worth keeping around in the practice squad after it seemed like he'd fallen out of favor early on. So most of the intrigue left still seems to be centered around the O-line, I think, Matt. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I mean, I think Nick Lavrette just, um, you know, the coaches talk a lot, and it's not even necessarily with the offensive line, but in this case it is. The coaches always talk about the versatility factor, and obviously Lavrette is, you know, he is the poster boy of versatility <laughs> playing everywhere on the offensive line. It's intriguing, too, because as Bruce Arians mentioned the other day, I think he was asked by Scott, actually, Scott Reynolds of PeterReport.com for those who aren't sure who I'm referring to. If they aren't sure, um, well, shame on them. Yeah, for shame, sir, for shame. Anyway, um, they were talking about the contingency plan if something were to happen to Ryan Jensen, and they essentially said that, you know, they're easing Hainsey along here, so they would put Ali Marpet at center, move Aaron Sinney to guard. But, I mean, after Hainsey's performance, granted, he could still improve and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but I, I don't feel like too great about Hainsey as the backup center right now, later on in the season, if he has quote unquote progressed. So I think Lavrette could find, uh, you know, a possibility in that sense of maybe if he improves at center, I know his snaps were a little, it seemed like they were a second off, but if he can improve in that, there could be a role for him as the potential backup center. And maybe Hainsey moves to guard or they just put him at, at third center in the emergency situation. And same thing for Molshan. If again, the bucks don't really trust what they got going on at center after Ryan Jensen. Yeah, that's the whole offensive line saga kind of spills into who's going to be active on game days. I don't think it's out of the question based on how little Robert Hainsey has played. He could be in the inactive list on, on week one. I mean, it's not, again, I don't think it's an indictment of him. Just Nick Leverett's, you know, if he comes back from COVID, he had been out there all camp playing five different positions. Yeah. And he can give you that flexibility and on game days, that's really valuable. So if there's eight active O-linemen, we'll see. Maybe there's just seven, and maybe both of them are inactive. Um, we'll see. But that seems like that Leverett could be kind of ahead of Hainsey there. If Leverett makes it, we're still waiting to see Right, of course. It. And just think, um, like, how much more better it will be for him if he only has to focus on one position. I Like, I'm sure his mind is racing, just going from each single position. And obviously, center, you got to worry about what other people are doing as well. And yeah. you got to read the, the linebackers and the guys in front of you more than you would like at, at guard or tackle. So I can only imagine if he can only has to worry about one position, how much better that he can get. Yeah. The versatility is a strong suit for him. And you know who else the versatility is a strong suit for Matt Celsius. That's right. With all oh, the different imagine, that's, oh, imagine Celsius. Let's go. Planet. Let's wow. Go. Wow. Oh, I'm pumped. <laughs> peach that's vibes, great. sparkling white peach limited edition in the house, double peach vibes in the house mm -hmm. for the Peter report podcast on this Tuesday afternoon. Essential energy accelerates metabolism, burns body fat. There's no sugar in these puppies. And they taste nope. unbelievable. The different flavors and varieties that Celsius offers, second to none. You got to check it out. It gives you the energy you need to get through the day and to get your work done and to stay focused. And there's no crash. There's no jitters. 
it's a cheat code. It really is. Uh, but that's the effect that it can have on you in your day. And it's, it's, it's good for you as well. Um, so definitely check out Celsius. If you don't know, you can find Celsius all over the place. Now, when we first started doing this, people were like, where can I find this? I've never seen it. Now people are seeing it pop up all over the place and props to Celsius for that. But you can also just order it, go to Amazon. There's a link below. You can have a link actually to their fast protein bars as well. The peanut butter mm -hmm. uh, or the salted caramel peanut crunch is my personal favorite. The white chocolate cookies and cream is also excellent. They're great protein bars, 20 grams of protein, just two grams of sugar in those things. And they taste so good. That's the thing with Celsius. It's good for you and it tastes good. You don't always get both. They give you both. So click on the link in the description uh, of this podcast and you'll take you to where you can buy those fast uh, protein bars. Also, you can search on Amazon and buy the variety pack from Celsius. Do the subscribe and save. You save some money. You get Celsius coming regularly to your house. You're stocked up and you're ready to go through a great uh, buck season. All thanks to our friends over at Celsius. And let's be honest, the peach vibe is the best logo out of all the out of all the Celsius cans. All yes. great logos, but that Miami Vice look and the palm yes, trees yes. and everything, it's the best look. Yep. Yeah, the palm trees, I agree. It's it's it is. Tropical vibe was a good one too, but uh peach vibe definitely taking the best label. And it's one of yeah. the best flavors too. I think it's one of the most popular flavors based on the fan participation we usually get on that. But Oh, okay. So we know people are trying the protein bars now. Uh, the salted caramel. Is there we fire. go. Yes, I agree. The salted caramel is, whew, I'm not going to lie. I, I crave these things a little bit. Um, the matching hats and drinks. It, it was not planned. I'm telling you not. people, it, it was the not planned. Was it just planned. went this I way. Mean, I knew we were going to wear the hats today on the pod. But then when I got on to record, I noticed you were wearing yours and mine was sitting on the desk. So, okay. Yeah, that's we'll, fair. that plug will come later. We'll talk about our hats. Later. Yeah. <laughs> We'll talk about it later for sure. All right, uh, let's let's keep uh, discussing this roster situation before we get to winners and losers of the preseason because there is kind of a, a still some intrigue left with this defensive line too, right? I mean, we know Vita Vea, we know Indominus Sue, we know Will Golston, we know Nacho, and I feel like we know Pat O'Connor now. I mean, that was pretty clear. Bruce Arians yeah. said that after the second preseason game that he he definitely made it. So we've kind of got oh, Greg Alman is out here. And he is doing the cut thing like he always does, man. He's got of some of the some of the last few moves. We already knew about Ryan Griffin, thanks to Rick Stroud. Uh, CJ Procise, no surprise there. Offensive lineman Jonathan Hubbard, no surprise there. And uh, Benning Potawai, that was another one that also, you know, no surprise there uh, for Benning um, that he will be that he's gone with at least this round of cuts. We'll see who comes back to the practice squad. Obviously, we'll have to talk more about that on tomorrow's show, probably until we know that information but no real surprises there so uh, we take benning out of the running for defensive line we know jeremiah ledbetter mm -hmm. was cut earlier today um so we've seen those ones and now we're at a point where we're kind of starting to narrow it down and it looks like let's see how many number how many names we've got on the roster right now but it looks like there's a chance here matt that khalil davis has made the roster which we thought would happen and Steve McClendon right now has made the roster. Yeah, that's the so. that's the big question. There's been a lot of speculation about the two of them. Uh, McClendon, I think, at least in the eyes of the coaches, had the benefit of the doubt for the sense that he was traded here last year, was a big part of after Vita Vea went down with injury, he was helpful with stopping the run. But for this right. preseason, man, I mean, we really haven't seen really much at all from, from McClendon. But, play. <laughs> yeah. McClendon, uh, sorry, Day Khalil Davis, though, has earned 
this spot on the team if he does make the team, which I think you and I are both in agreement Scott that he should. That he, Scott texted me that he made it. So there we go. I mean, it, so. very well earned. This is a guy who was mostly on the practice squad, but fluctuated on the on the main roster a little bit last season. He spoke a lot about the coaches told him that it's essentially it was a redshirt year for him. And here are the things that he needed to work on. I think mm-hmm. pass rush was a part of that. And for a lot of the guys on the defensive line in this preseason, it seems like each player, as far as the reserve guys trying to make this team, each player had their moment at one point or another. Obviously, Pat O'Connor had a huge game against the Titans. Ledbetter even played well in that game against the Texans, ultimately did not make the team, but could be a practice squad guy. And Khalil Davis, again, another one of those guys in the mix all the time, getting into the backfield, making stops, and just really pushing the envelope on this team to earn a spot on the roster. And now here he is. It's very well yeah. deserved. No, absolutely. He, he earned a spot <laughs> on the lecture. roster and, and we'll discuss this in a second, Matt, but the bucks look like they're loading up on defense, at least right now. I mean, the way that the roster looks, there's going to be a lot more offensive than defensive still looking on, on the last few things that we've got here coming in, but it sure looks like, Five linebackers are going to make the team. Five edge rushers with Cam Gill are going to make the team. And seven interior defensive linemen. So we thought seven was the max there. Five was the max at, le- at linebacker. Five was the max at outside linebacker. And they've kind of hit the max at all those uh, spots. Uh, and, and Greg just tweeted the final two cuts to get the Bucks to 53 today. Off- outside linebacker Ladarius Hamilton and offensive tackle Brad Seaton was waived injured. I don't know what that I don't remember him being. Yeah, he must have got. I don't know when he got injured, but um, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder. Obviously, he was in the the running right there at the end. Right. How does that affect things coming back to the roster? You know, for him, if he gets a settlement or they wait, I don't know what's going to happen after that. Because yeah, he was he was in the running for sure. So that means that Nick Leverett has indeed made the roster. Now, did we get a motion update? Did motion make it? We got. I haven't seen. I haven't seen anything that he. It, it, it's tough to do a podcast like right as the roster is still getting filled out at the same time and and cuts I, are being I wish made. That we do this before we went on air. But yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the beauty of now. going live. You know, that's right. that's, uh, yeah. that's show business. Okay, so let's talk about. But while we're still lo- waiting to get finalized on the lines, let's talk about the cornerback room. Okay, so looks like cornerback is just going to be five guys if we're counting Ross Cockrell over there, and then his safety. Did Chris Cooper make it? So that's who I was wondering about, because obviously I was talking about Chris Cooper after the game that he leapt in the air like Michael Jordan to uh, to get that football out of the end zone uh, on that on that punt play. It looks like that he made the team and obviously he essentially is making it for his special teams role because Javon Hagen, who got cut yesterday, was obviously getting a lot more reps there at safety. So right. Bruce Arians walked the walk and that will, he talked the talk. Now he's walking the walk when it comes to, you know, some guys are going to make this team specifically because they're good at special teams. And I think Chris Cooper obviously is uh, again, the, 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 the poster boy for this, uh, for this type of situation. Well, it's really interesting because Chris Cooper was not part of he didn't, you know, make the, the um, second team at any point. I don't think no. he ever played above the last two safeties with Leonard. Uh, now his name's escaping me. Leonard, whatever the the Florida State safety that was out there. I don't even remember his name. But anyway, uh, he got cut earlier. I, I don't even remember. But he was oh, all, he Riley. Was, 
No, um, not Riley. Uh, the 28, Lawrence White. I don't know why I was saying oh, that. Oh, yeah, Lawrence, Lawrence White, White. The, uh, the fifth or the fourth. The fifth or the fourth. Or I can't really like read Roman, Roman numerals. That's why Super yeah. Bowl LV is just so easy. <laughs> right. Uh, so the that. Bucks are so uh, important to note this. The Bucks are still going to have to cut four more players. They are those four players because they're bringing people back from the COVID list uh, here in the next couple of days. Those four players are likely players that they want to get back on their practice squad. And so they're going to cut them last when everybody else has kind of done their waiver claims and feel settled on their roster, more likely to get them back. And yeah, because I see some people in the chats are saying that they're, they're keeping two kickers. They're not going to keep two no. kickers on the 53-man roster. So you can kind of, mm-hmm. you know, check that off as they must have Jose B. People were reading our tweets and our practice reports on Jose B. Because when we were talking about his kicking, because it wasn't like he kicked like amazing in games or anything. And so they must have been afraid some other team's going to try and grab him. Um, obviously he had a good college career, uh, but you know, Jose well, B yeah. trying, trying, they're trying to grab him and then, you know, okay, now we're going to, uh, make sure that we basically wait till everybody's kind of settled at what they're doing and then wave him maybe sneak their way onto the team, uh, after other teams have already made waiver claims. Yeah. So it looks it's like, a good move. Looks like, uh, JC texting us that John Molson's going to IR. So that must be out there. So if Molson's going to IR, then, you know, who, who's going to be probably Chris Cooper, maybe you know it was going to be one of those guys cut maybe late in the process and he comes back to the practice squad jose b will one of those be one of those guys cut um i'm forgetting who else might still be around and not in this cut but um so there so there's going to be some movement there basically at those positions but we've kind of got the final grouping and let me see three quarterbacks four running backs six wide receivers that's 13 three tight ends that's 16 and then nine offensive linemen, right? So that's yeah, 25 be on correct. offense, right? Three on special teams. Then you've got seven on the interior D-line right now. Right? Mm-hmm. Five edge defenders, five linebackers, five cornerbacks, and four safeties. So you've got 15, 19, 28 there. So that puts you over a little bit. And obviously some of those guys are on the, um, and then Jose, Oh, Jose, that makes four on special teams. And then some of those guys are, and then you have the four guys on the COVID list. So that makes sense. You'd be at 57 right now, counting the four on the COVID list. Yeah. And so when the, when those guys come back, you'll have four players that you still need to move basically off the roster. And we can speculate as to who those players will be, but I think most of them are going to be on the defensive side of the ball. It has to be. It's just overflowing with defensive players on the roster right now. Right. And good chance that Cooper is going to be one of them. And probably Grant Stewart will be one of them. Maybe Cam Gill will be one of them. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's Jose B. He hasn't played. Like, how can he make this team if he hasn't played? I'm surprised he's not another like IR situation or, or PUP or something like that. Because every single day we tweet out Cam Gill is not practicing today. Right. So it seems like he would be in the same situation as as Mulchin and guys like that, where hey, you could still open up a roster spot, but still you know keep them around in the in the organization as they still figure things out. And maybe they're really high on him, even though they haven't seen too much. But there's a reason they've kept him around this long. We've seen other guys like Jonathan Franklin who have been injured for a while, and then they they obviously released him because he wasn't mm-hmm. playing. But they see something in Cam Gill that's made them want to keep him around. Right. 
it's just funny how much they like really value that backup kicker. Like I think that's Bruce Aaron's like favorite rule change is the 16 man practice squad. So you can, keep I like it. Why not? Kickers. Why not give more it. guys oh, opportunities? I love it. Yeah. But I think Bruce Aaron's loves the fact that he can just have a kicker in the holster, like ready to go. If something happens, Hey, it paid. It, I mean, yeah. obviously preseason, but it paid off. What, oh, yeah. what if that happened to suck up in week two? Right. You know, and you Jason never know. Light loves it too. I think. I mean, they are like. Remember, they protected what Matthew Joseph all last year. Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to do the same thing with Jose B this year. They feel good about him, and that means a lot to them being able to have two kickers. So that's a big one for them. Um, they'll jump through some hoops, I think, to be able to keep him on the practice squad and keep him around for now. So, yeah, uh, I, I think that that is pretty much going to be your four moves. I, I maybe I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe something else happens, but would be a little bit surprising to see kind of other things go on there. Right. Because I think those are the, probably going to be the guys that end up, you know, that get end up getting cut eventually. And then you'll try and sneak, you know, you try and get them back on the practice squad, obviously, and sneak them through that late, that kind of late window waiver wire additions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. we, we, we've seen the bucks do that in the past. And I think people should keep in mind too, that, just because the roster is at 53 right now, like this isn't going to be the same roster that it is when you get to December and things like that. Again, Tanner Hudson was a guy that got cut last season, went to the practice squad, and then he was up on the 53-man roster uh, eventually in the season. So you're going to see a couple of those guys that uh, will kind of bounce around. From It's almost like a baseball player going from AAA to the major leagues. You'll see it here where practice squad guy will – be on the practice squad for a couple of weeks. Then they'll call him up to the 53-man roster if there's another injury that goes on. Then they'll sign someone else to the practice squad. They'll sign someone else to the 53-man roster. So yep. this is what the 53 is today, or I guess 57 with the guys on the COVID list. But it, it'll bounce around a lot. So don't don't fall in love with the uh, with some of the, the fringe roster guys. Right. There'll be some changes still to the roster. Hopefully you get those guys back on the practice squad and they're still part of the team. You know, I'm just thinking about this from things that I like and things that I didn't like, Matt. I mm -hmm. mean, we are, remember, we are talking about the fringes of the roster. We're talking about stuff that we don't like here. So it's not wins or losses, needle moving stuff. It's just little things, you know, I, and yeah. I'll, I'll start with what I like. I really like the fact that they kept seven interior defensive linemen. I think that that this team needs depth at that position they have older players at that position sue golston mcclendon they have players in contract years at that position i know in some ways it would be tempting to go all in and think only about 2021 because you have this window to win a super bowl right now with brady but the bucks need to be mindful of the future too i'm not saying sacrifice ability to win now but be mindful of the future and it was really important to keep khalil davis and pat o'connor in the equation i think because they're two guys that have shown growth tremendous amount of growth playing this preseason they can play special teams right now they've done a great job to kind of foresee how they could be active on game days or on the active roster and get them out there for special teams um to make an impact in that area if they're needed and then eventually yeah how do these guys fit into the rotation how do you get them reps especially on passing downs and for o'connor could there be a bigger role maybe coming there this season because he probably will be active for every game um those are questions that are still need to be answered, but the important thing was to make sure you kept them around right now. The Bucks have done that, and I think it's a smart move, and hopefully they, those two guys can stick around, especially because they might be just a small part of the equation this year, but next year they could be key development of pieces that help this team as, as you know, fourth, uh, fifth, maybe even third uh, type deep interior defensive linemen. 
Yeah, I agree with that. You, you got to look a little bit into the future. And I think as far as, you know, you can't, there's certainly an, oppor- uh, an opportunity and a chance that Dom can sue plays next season, but you can't pencil that in right now. Right. And same goes for Steve McClendon. So you have to see what you can get from guys like Davis and O'Connor. If, if you want to assess for next year, I know the, the draft class supposedly isn't, isn't that great. We'll have a lot of time to determine that. And with the Bucks contract situations, they're not going to spend a lot of money just on free agents in general next year, but particularly at the defensive line. The only, the only person they're going to be spending money on is in house with a guy like Vita Vea. So I think that's important. Uh, it's interesting to see what they'll do with linebacker and cornerback. If they really do keep that many people, I mean, I think Stewart's going to end up on the practice squad, as you said. But like Kevin Minter's on a one-year deal, and I I think Kevin Minter likes being here. He enjoys the system. He obviously gets along great with uh, his fellow LSU Tiger Devin White. I know they're a couple couple years difference that the, that they played at the school, but you know Minter, as great of a backup he is, eventually he's not going to be here, and you have to game plan for the future at backup linebacker and starting linebacker too, because Levante David obviously won't be here forever as much as that brings a tear to all of our eyes. But, you know, you got to see what you have with if Stewart can step up and be, maybe if he's not a future starter, be like a solid backup for this team. And, um, you know, the whole Cockrell thing makes it very interesting in the sense of, all right, well, if they want to keep a guy like Cooper, yeah, he's not going to be playing safety, but is, can this guy excel in a role where he's so good at special teams that you have to keep him mm-hmm. or Hey, D Delaney, is this a guy that he made the team because of special teams? Can he show us something now at yeah. defensive back for, I don't want to say like a long-term investment, but for, Hey, if we run into a situation where so many guys are hurt, we can put him out there and maybe not have to hope and pray for something to happen because he knows the system. He knows what he's getting into and they could survive for a game or two with him playing instead of taking a guy from another team who now has to learn the system. So there's a lot of moving parts with the defense here, but a lot of, you know, uh, experiments almost for backup guys to give themselves a chance to put themselves into a, a much larger role for this season and potentially next season. Right. True. Uh, some people questioning the McClendon over Ledbetter thing. Well, I don't know what the situation exactly would be with McClendon. I mean, I don't know if he would you know, say, oh, yeah, I'll for sure come back. If you cut me, I'll just you'll wait a few days and come back on the same deal, whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's possible with him. Seems likely that they could work something out like that. And maybe that's something that's, that still happens. I don't know. But with Ledbetter, uh, the odds of him getting claimed, I feel like still feel pretty small. I mean, he's been around for a little while and he's barely played. And he had, I, I just... Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't think that there's a huge chance that he would get claimed. Now he has been on the Bucks for a while, so maybe, yeah. maybe they didn't weren't as pumped about the development that that we were. But I thought this was. I mean, I there were no preseason games last year, and obviously I didn't cover the team before that. It's not like he has much tape to go off of. But I was just pretty impressed with him this year. I think his body's pretty pro ready. He looked like a guy that could contribute. But they're kind of all of a sudden deep because they've developed guys well. O'Connor has yeah. developed kind of out of nowhere. Like no one really saw him having the preseason that he had. Um, Khalil Davis was a, was a shot in the dark, was a hope and a prayer, but had no technique in college and was basically t- 
literally kind of built Khalil Davis from the ground up uh, as a player right now. He was just a shoot the gap and run up field guy in college. It was kind of crazy to watch undersized and they've bulked him out. And so they've kind of done such a good job developing interior defensive linemen that they're in this situation now where it's like, Oh man, how do, how many spots do we reserve? I mean, they've got seven and they play most of their snaps with two on the field because of Nick. So, or in some, when, when you're getting JTS out there and JPP out there, you'll play with one of those guys on the field. So don't be surprised if two of these seven are inactive on game day and they're just rolling five out there because that is kind of how you're going to get to those inactive numbers that you need to have on game day. So big, big part of the discussion is the future too for that group. I know I'm sure that was a big part of the discussion with the coaches and I like the direction they went there. I don't mind keeping Cam Gill around too. We'll see what happens with him, how serious the injury is. Does he end up going to IR? Does he, you know, we don't know yet uh, what's good, what the move is going to be there with Cam Gill, but um, I think it has to be the case. It has to be the case. He's not played at all. Yeah, been out for a while, but they liked him, and he played, remember, he played all the time last year at special teams and even got some defensive snaps in some games. Uh, I mean, I wrote er, like right after they signed him as an undrafted free agent that I I remember he was going to make the team, and, you know, I think that there's real ability there. I don't know whether he's Yeah, he's got speed. It makes him... Mm -hmm. Uh, a suitable player for special teams, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and he's a uh, he's a tough guy. So we'll see what ends up happening. Probably is some type of movement with him. Obviously, going to happen. But you'd wonder if it means that they'll keep him around. You know, if they can get him to IR, it takes a couple weeks. He can come back after week three. So you know, that's probably the ideal plan. If I'm guessing for for uh, everybody involved, um, I don't mind that one. But I'm just I don't get the Grant Stewart thing. That's my. I mean, he, we're talking about the last pick in the draft here. We don't have to be loyal to draft picks to this degree. Like to me, he just did not play very well. There's no ceiling. I, I mean, what at best he's a you know he's a good special teamer, but how good? I mean, he maybe runs down and makes a tackle every once in a while, but we're talking about a guy with incredibly short arms, a very small tackle radius, who already kind of plays a little bit out of control on special teams, where you need to break down and be under control. He cannot do what Cam Gill and some of these bigger linebackers have done in terms of being tackles or guards on the punt team uh, and blocking protection wise. I just think that he doesn't have the skill set and the physical ability to be like an elite special teamer, in my opinion. I but he's, he plays he plays with the energy that coaches love. I know right. it's not a, that's not enough to make the team, but I'll, I'll go back to something that he said after the Tennessee preseason game, and he said. You know, as much he loves playing in Todd, I mean, every defensive player loves playing in Todd Bowles defense, but he was saying one of the things he likes about it, at least for him, is that it's really helped him learn how to play linebacker because he was still transitioning from where he played. And this is his words from what he was playing at Houston was he was essentially a a safety linebacker. He was like a slot, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he, he had to come in here and he really had to transition to playing into that traditional three, four inside linebacker so he's been learning that along the way so i think maybe the coaches what they see in him if, if they're going to keep him is that it's a little bit of a work in project in progress because of him still learning that position and maybe they believe that with the enthusiasm and you know the leadership that he brought and just his overall hunger for the game it's it's something that they really like and they think that he can learn the position even better and obviously throughout a whole season get that down and Again, it goes back to special teams. That guy is never going to be a three-down linebacker. And 
I just don't know how. Well, that's where it, special teams comes in. Joe Jones Maybe he can improve already on special good teams. on special teams. Like that's yeah, I agree I with that. I thought Jones that. was like really good in coverage too. Yeah. Well, not really good, but you know, like solid in coverage. He obviously had right. that pick six. Uh, it was like a good battle at linebacker. Five linebackers that you already know, know. KJ Britt's better than than Joe Jones on defense, according to the box. They believe that. Okay, fine, but like then the fifth spot only matters for special teams, and honestly, the fourth spot for on game days if everybody's healthy. Yeah only matters for special teams. So if Britt's better on defense, but worse on special teams, make him inactive on game days, play Joe Jones, who's a proven special teams guy, can play tackle, yeah. can play guard, because played all over the punt team. And I just, to me, it never felt like Joe Jones really got a shot in camp. Now, when he got a shot, was he that good? No, absolutely not. And he wasn't, he wasn't killing it in preseason, by any stretch of the imagination. He was way bigger than I thought he would be coming in. He was way slower than I thought he'd be. Um, then he looked on tape from last year. I mean, he's just a, he has like a D tackle body guy. and so does yeah. Britain in some ways. Like, yeah. but I, I, so yeah, I'm not saying, you know, this is a fringe roster move. It will not affect wins and losses right. this season. Yeah. Neither Brit nor Jones nor Stewart were going to be very <laughs> helpful on defense if they had to play this. Year. But the whole so roster is set. We got to have something to like argue that's about. Right. And, that's right. This and is my thing. <laughs> Teams was the priority then I would have just kept Joe Jones in the roster. And if you want Grant Stewart around, just cut him. He was the last I think, pick Well, the I think they'll do that. That's He's essentially what they're going to get down to. There's four spots left right. and or, or four I moves just, still to be I made. I would have just done it like right away. Like, I just don't. He's going to make – why would he get claimed? He hasn't been good in the preseason. He was the last pick in the draft. He's a small linebacker with rafter arms. I just don't think that he's going to get claimed. I don't see it. Uh, and they seem like worried about it for some reason. I just – I don't know where he, I mean, but again, it's the character that matters too. Right. And he has yeah. that for sure. And he's very coachable and they probably love that part about, about him. And that probably left an imprint on coaches minds when they were going and doing these cuts. And so good for him for doing what he had to do again. It's not going to affect wins and losses. I just, that's the move, not the move I would have made at that spot. I love would have loved to keep six corners and, th and three safeties probably, but yeah, I, I, I really thought Ham Antonio Hamilton should have made this team or they at least should have built some depth there with everything going on at corner. And it's, a, it's a, such a tough position to play. I'd rather have guys there and ready to go. We'll see who's on the practice squad, but mm -hmm. I, I would have right. rather had a guy like Hamilton there who was really making plays. I know he didn't have a great last game, mm -hmm. but I, I thought he made a lot more plays than, than a lot of the the other corners there, like even Herb Miller, who got cut today. But I thought Hamilton outplayed Miller despite Miller's interception in the third preseason game. I didn't. I I, I would have kept him more than some other players. Yeah, I would have kept him or Herb. I mean, honestly, yeah, I just would. I like the idea of keeping six corners, especially when Ross Cockrell has not really practiced a corner at all. Yeah. So like, you know, I right? Know if we're probably... if we're just sliding him into right. safety, then yeah, you got He's probably you know, the fourth two corner still. But I mean. Guy has not lined up a corner for a while, and I just yeah. I mean, I, I'm not. That it's gonna I be weird. Like, uh, hey, that. Ross, Ross, can really? you uh? Do you remember? Can, to, can you go back to corner? Like, we kind of need you. <laughs> you remember what that backpedal looks like? And yeah, no. Anyway, I, I just think that no, I I don't hate it. Like, D Delaney deserves that spot, and I'm pumped for him. Yes. You know, he came out of no like that was probably the biggest surprise of camp, especially late. He just made this huge push over the last two games of preseason. He looked really. It wasn't. I don't think he got like lucky picks. He broke on routes and read the ball well, made plays. Um, I think he legitimately has some talent to him. Um, I'm I'm excited to kind of look into him a little bit more and now that he's made it and kind of get a little bit invested there because there's something there. So he deserved it for sure. I just yeah. think I would have liked to keep – I'd have rather had a sixth corner 
than uh, a Grant Stewart, uh, for example. Um, but yeah, again, we got to see who's on the practice squad. Yeah, and I don't because I think Stewart's going to get cut, right. and then and if Chris Cooper, we'll see what happens. I mean, if he's on the practice squad, whatever. But I, I don't think that I don't hate that. You know, keeping him around. Um, he really made some plays on special teams, obviously, and that's when you're the Bucks and you don't have the greatest kick coverage units. Exactly. Then you're probably. really going to stand out more yeah. than you keep a guy like that in quiver if you can, if you need him. Uh, yeah. Things really unravel. Uh, that's going to be. A potentially important move. Speaking of important moves, the most important move you can make, folks, is to go over to livinggolflife.com. That's right. And get to know, yes, get to know the Living Golf Life guys and some of the accessories they've got over there. Some cool glasses, these awesome hats that Matt and I are wearing. Got polos over there, man. The Living Golf Life guys, they know what they're doing when it comes to this golf life stuff that they've got over on their site, Matt. There's some pretty cool stuff over yeah, there. Yeah, they uh they got a great website over there. It, it's it was created this year in 2021 in January at the beginning of the year. Uh Jim Elsith and Mike Bush, they both come from a military background, uh being in the military and being a military officer as well. And you know, they're just all about pushing the brand, obviously with all the great swag that they have, whether it's the polos, the mugs, the hats, as we were just talking about. But um, the biggest thing is, is the message of, yes, it's about golf, but it's a lifestyle brand. It's about being outside with your friends, enjoying the outdoors, having a couple cold ones, your choice, doesn't matter what it is. And, uh, you know, just having fun. And because golf, golf can be a tough game, but the key is to go out there and you remember the good shots that you had. You know, if you part a hole, if you birdied a hole, you know, you don't have to be a great golfer to enjoy this brand or enjoy the whole game. So uh, just make sure you go out, livinggolflife.com, check out their hats, polos, buy some, show us that you bought it, and uh, hit me up, and I'll go golfing with you. We can talk bucks all day. So check out livinggolflife.com for all their great merchandise. Yeah, absolutely. Those guys do tremendous work, and we're pumped to have them associated with the Peter Report podcast. Uh, okay, a lot of questions about Mike Evans' contract situation. Let me say this. Mike Evans is not taking one for the team. <laughs> I know that that <laughs> is hard for folks to imagine there. because they think Mike Evans should be up for sainthood. Um, and maybe he should, but it just doesn't have anything to do with today. Thursday, whenever this goes down, like it's not, it, Mike Evans is not taking less money. He's just getting his money earlier at a different time to give them flexibility to do other things with the salary cap. That's it. That's all that it is. It's they going. are they are moving the right. goalposts further. Yes. Scott Reynolds, done. I would also like to take one for the team by just giving just give me what's coming to me eventually. Just give it to me now up front, and then you know, we'll see what happens down the road. Obviously, but it'll give yeah. you flexibility you know, later on. But and, and Mike I'd has love done, it now. He's done this before. I mean, obviously, we all love Mike, and he obviously mm -hmm. means so much to everyone in Tampa more than just what he does on the field, but he's always willing to restructure his contract because he wants to help out the team in any way that he can. And I remember too, I was listening to a podcast that he was on and Mike doesn't really go on a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. He did it not long after the Super Bowl parade. He went on Michael Irvin's podcast and Irvin asked him about restructuring and, and taking less money or doing whatever. And he said at the end of the day, if you're on a winning team, you're going to end up getting more money anyway, whether it's through endorsements or, you know, different opportunities like that. You're going to end up getting more money. And no one on this team wants to win more than Mike Evans, maybe Tom Brady, but actually, no, they all want to win. But like Mike Evans always wants to win so badly. He finally got that opportunity this year when the Bucs won the Super Bowl. And now he wants to do it again. 
and understandably so. Winning the Super Bowl is awesome. The boat parades are great. I want to go again and get another video of all the players celebrating. You know, so if this is what it takes, Mike Evans is willing to do it, and he's right. seeing right there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he definitely. I mean, yeah, the restructuring helps them obviously, but it doesn't hurt him at all. And I think sometimes it's. I just want people to understand, like that he's not. It's not to the detriment of Mike Evans that he's doing these things, which is good. That's how it should be. I mean, he yeah. should get what he knows I mean, what he's doing. Right. He's <laughs> he could be holding out. So if you want to look at it that way, he could be holding out to be for more money. Seven one thousand yard seasons in a row, and he's not. Yeah, is not up there. With honestly, the I th- I thought about that. I thought about that too because you see something with like Jamal Adams and. Whether it was with the Jets or he's doing it with the Seahawks, you know, he he wanted to hold out while he was still on his rookie contract before that fifth year option and wanted to get paid. I mean, the Bucks are lucky too. You know, guys like Vita Vea or Carlton Davis, they they could have done something like that, but they chose not to because this team is great and they want to continue to have success. And you know, right. it starts with guys like Mike Evans for sure. I mean, Mike Evans' contract right now is like outside the top ten per year for wide receivers. He's behind guys like Tyler Lockett, who's good, and Kenny Galladay, who just got paid, but is obviously not even close to right. Not a- <laughs> class. I mean, Odell Beckham's been injured for years now. Like, yeah, those kind of guys are ahead of him on this list. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was in basically this situation two years ago, mm-hmm. and he was, I'm not gonna, you know, he was basically like, I'm gonna hold out. I've got a lot of years on this contract, and frankly, I'm not being paid what I'm worth, and so I'm gonna hold out. And that was his choice, and I'm fine. I support that. Evans could be doing that, and he's not. So if you want to look for selflessness from Evans, look at it there, but. This restructure won't have anything to do with that. It's just their bucks are just green and paying more money uh, up front uh, for this thing. As for what they're going to use the money for, it's Good not going to be anything big. <laughs> it's not going to be anything be big. Based guy on, that we could argue about. <laughs> yeah, based on what we've learned and what Scott's kind of learning is that uh, they're just working to they're going to use that for a practice squad. Remember, it's sixteen players now, so they've got to take care of that. Uh, injured reserve players, any injury settlements, things like that. Um, that top 51 that the salary cap only covers the top 51 contracts that expires now after these cuts. So now it'll be for everybody. So they've got to get, create some space for all the roster, the whole roster that all 53 contracts, and then also your practice squad. Uh, and then you have some money in the season two to sign injury replacements. If things happen and you need to go entice like a Russell Okun to come play tackle for you. Um, now you've got some money to work with for those kind of things. So don't expect anything else, but they're just giving themselves flexibility to handle a couple different situations that they arise in the season. That's all that uh, is going on. There. I could just imagine the Bucks front office, you know, they're, they're all together in a meeting and they're like, ah, we need to get some more cap space. Like, what do we do? And they like hit the emergency. They break glass in case of emergency. All right, we'll go to Mike Evans and like restructure right. that way. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> like every year they restructure right. a deal with Mike. Evans. I, know. I know. I was looking through old stories of Peter report and it was like, I was trying to tag the link hyperlink in this the yeah. recent story last night that I put up about it. And it was like there were like six different or I don't know how many. There's a bunch of different yeah. Evans restructuring contract for like one for every year, basically. Um it's him and Cam Brate. It's like, all right, yeah. like let's flip a coin. Today we're gonna go with Cam Brate yeah. next season or next month. Uh, I mean, we'll go with Mike Evans. Cam Brate <laughs> playing out a six-year contract if he can make it next year. That's one of the great stuff. Like there's just no, when he signed a six year contract, people were like, what? And then they saw yeah. it was okay. No guaranteed money after the first three years. At that point he was coming off pretty good production and yeah, it was just like, they'll never see the end of this contract, but okay, here we go. And then yeah. think about the context. The context has only gotten worse for him. They've added way more talent. 
and yet he still <laughs> stuck it out. On, I mean, the highest paid third tight end in the NFL. They should. Uh, uh, I know they got that movie Invincible about that guy, like who was a fan who made the team. They should make a. They should. Camp Rates got an opportunity for a movie here about Andre the free agent, Harvard. <laughs> yeah, makes the team. Gets a big contract, stays throughout that whole contract, wins the Super Bowl. Some, some guys got it. Made, there, there's some, there's a movie there. All right, there, there could be a movie there. Cam Cam Brate's one of those guys. Yeah, I know it's Vince Papali, Toby. I know it's Vince Papali. Yeah, Vince Papali, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. It's so long. All right, so we that's pretty much we've narrowed down the roster cuts and we've kind of went over the roster offensively. The only real surprise is Mickens. I guess maybe we can touch on that um, real quickly. Were you surprised? I mean, this is it. The return game. I, I mean, Jalen Darden is going to be the guy week one, it looks like. I really was. I really thought once all the news about the all the tight ends were cut and they were key three, I figured it was going to be Jaden Mickens. It was – sorry, Toby. I didn't mean to snap at you like that. I wouldn't call that a snap. Anyway, <laughs> I really thought it was Jaden Mickens' job right then and there, but – Clearly, it's not. We haven't seen a ton from Darden in his opportunities, but if the coaches trust him, sure, go for it. I mean, Thursday night opening game of the season—that's it's a big opportunity there, especially if the the Bucks uh, get the ball first. You know, we're gonna we're gonna get right into it. So, a uh, huge opportunity for him to to solidify his role. He's, he's not been horrible uh, in the preseason. It returns. I mean, kickoff returns. Nobody's blocked well and nobody's returned well, so whatever. Yeah, the Bucks are just taking knee every every Actually, every time the ball goes in the yes, end zone. Hopefully that knee. does happen. I agree, but teams are going to start kicking short to him, so yeah. they can. But I will say this: they, that's not totally true because Jaden Mickens had like what one kickoff return in the preseason, and it was their best kickoff return. Yeah, he is a very, <laughs> he's a very good kickoff return guy. Speed doesn't matter as much as vision and decisiveness on kickoff returns. On punt returns, the edge gets given up a lot more easily. Guys are start more condensed. And so, you know, kickoff, they're spread out. Like, you could be fast, and it, it doesn't necessarily even matter on kickoff. But punt, yeah, that matters. And you've seen that with Darden. What, he's had a 17-yard return, a 19-yard return, called back due to a penalty. I don't know yeah. how much that influenced the, the play or if it was even a good call. But he's got juice on punt returns. Kick returns, I, I'm just not sure. Like, yeah, punt returns, it seemed, too, in, in the sample size that we've watched, he'll immediately try to go to the outside. So he's already yeah. thinking – like when you play Madden and you're doing a return, you automatically try to go to the outside because your best chance to score a touchdown. He breaks for that right away. So if teams aren't set in their lanes, you could see an opportunity with the speed of Darden to to break a, a pretty big return. But we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be something that they continue to weigh, I think, on this roster is exactly how big his role can or should be this season. I get that he's exciting. I also get that there's going to be some things that are pretty big for him. And I wonder if week one is going to be a little bit big for him. We'll see. I'm not going to write him off. It's not like he was a disaster in the preseason, Correct. in my opinion. I don't right. I don't think that's fair to him at all. Um, at receiver, yeah. If he had to start at receiver, I would be worried. Uh, as a return guy, I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, but again, you don't need a lot of juice. You just need to feel the ball. And Mickens, no fumbles, no muffs last year, was a, sl- was a very underrated part of that success. And I know fans are like, he's not exciting at all as a return guy. Well... Having the ball is exciting when you have Tom Brady in that offense, and that's that's what he does. And so that's a that's a hidden part of this, I think. That so we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm, that's the only thing on offense really that was slightly surprising. Everything else seems pretty chalk on that side of the ball. All right, quickly before we wrap up, Matt, 
preseason winners and losers from us. We're not just going to pick guy out everybody that got cut in terms of the preseason right. losers. That would be a little bit too easy. We can mention you can mention a guy or two that you know had a chance and blew it or whatever. Um, and but I think yeah, overall we're just kind of looking at players that impressed or disappointed us um, throughout the preseason. And uh, before we do that though, Matt. I would be remiss if I didn't tell Bucks fans about an awesome opportunity that is still in front of them with our friends over at loosecannonstravel.com. Oh, yeah. Got to check these guys out. The season is right around the corner, and there are still spots on these fan trips that they have. Look at these. This You go to New Orleans. Look what all you get for the Saints game. You get a hotel stay, Friday night party. I don't know what's going on with this, actually. I just realized with the flooding that's happening there. I'm not sure what they're planning on this over at loosecannonstravel.com. Yeah. I just talked to them. They didn't mention anything. Well, it was week eight or nine. What am the I- New Orleans game? Sorry, yes. you cut out for a second. The New, New Orleans, Orleans game, game is nine. It's, it's on Halloween, so okay. whatever week that is. Uh, okay, so we'll so see. Literally two up- months from today is right. we'll see what ends up happening. Obviously, thoughts and prayers are with that. The flood. Uh, the, yes. The, Thoughts and prayers to everyone affected by the hurricane. Right. The the hurricane has wreaked havoc there. So we'll see what ends up happening. But if the Saints are back there at that point in time, which right now I think it's the first four weeks that they aren't going to be in New Orleans, I believe. um, Right. Playing at least. And then we'll see after that. So some of this could be up in the air. And obviously you'd be refunded and everything. But these are the packages that are in front of you for that trip. And then they also have for the Atlanta trip uh, is, is the same kind of deal here if you can get four people going on these look i mean the pricing for these things with all that you get you get these friday night vip parties saturday night pep rally sunday catered tailgate and we're talking mint food in these areas like the food in these areas that they are going to be providing you for these parties is unbelievable so this trip is incredible the pricing is incredible you get tickets to the game um it's just the whole deal and so if you got an opportunity to sign up for these go over to loosecannonstravel.com They've got a lot of cool stuff planned, and I think those trips are a big part of it. And so check that out, fans. You're not going to get to see a team like this one every year that you're a fan, just reality of life. And so take advantage of it now. Uh, Spend a little bit of money for a great uh, and wonderful experience uh, over there for sure. Okay, so winners and losers of the preseason. I'll go first with one of my winners of the preseason, and I think – Starts with a guy that everybody is not going to be surprised to hear me mention, but I mentioned him earlier on the show, but D Delaney, man, to come out of nowhere like he has, fifth team in four years, undrafted guy, bounced around for a while. He was signed as kind of an afterthought, right? I mean, like they drafted Chris Wilcox, yeah. you know, Antonio Hamilton was signed. He had the resume, the bigger resume. Um, everybody was talking about Cam Kinley and what he showed at the rookie minicamp. And then, boom, it was just D Delaney out of nowhere, just scrapping and getting better every day. He got torched early in practice. And then all of a sudden he was the guy at the end that was left standing. And I don't think anybody would have thought that at the beginning of training camp. No, when, when they made that signing, you know, we obviously, we reported on peterreport.com and there's a couple of guys you say the Bucks signed this guy and things like that. And you, you're happy for them, but you don't really imagine that they're going to, to make the, the final roster, but Delaney did. He went through it all and, he played his college football at the Citadel and then went to Miami. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure a lot of Miami fans in the Tampa area will definitely be happy about that. Right. As far as these winners go, I mean, how much are we talking about just like the starters in general? Oh, go for it. Like Absolutely. That? Absolutely. Well, because I was going to say another 
another clear winner, and I think one of the more obvious ones, and he's not necessarily a starter, but he'll have an opportunity, is JTS, Joe Tryon Trianka. I mean, yes. he's the, the perfect example of a guy that was doing great in training camp, and then it translated onto the field. I mean, each game he had a sack. Granted, the, the first game, there was the penalty. But every single game, I mean, he was just doing what he needed to do to get into the backfield. There were so many times, even when he didn't get to the quarterback, where he it, like he was just a second away, you know, uh, especially the last two games. Each time, the quarterback just gets the throw away before Tryon is, is able to to make the hit. But we saw him make some stops in the run game. We saw him get to the quarterback. And he elevated from just getting to the quarterback to getting the ball out of his hands. So overall, he just played unbelievably for yes. for this team that he's going to be the third string guy this yeah, is crazy yeah. yeah he'll be the third in that rotation it's crazy uh and i think honestly another winner was anthony nelson we didn't talk about him much kept it kind of quiet but if you watch him in every preseason game his play was above the line i mean he he was very solid you know very it's always going to be limited as a rusher but when you have a guy that physically can hold up hold their own do their job in the run game you know could line up and move around a little bit in the past game could he could he win a weakest matchup? Maybe again, it's not fourth spot is perfect for him. If he can play special teams and be a competent player, if he's called upon in an emergency situation, not a lot of guys can do that as a fourth string. Not a lot of guys are reliable like he is at that spot. And I thought he got better and better throughout this preseason. It was good to see him get those reps and opportunities to grow. Um, so I think he's another one that kind of proved himself a little bit uh, in that regard, especially because going in, he wasn't a roster lock and I know Cam no. ended up being hurt and that made it easier for Nelson, but, I mean, he was splitting some time with Cam Gill early on, and yeah, I think that he really solidified himself. There was, I bet, there was very little discussion about Anthony Nelson uh, when it came down for these cuts. Another guy is Nick Leverett, right? Nick Leverett had a great camp. Yeah, he was. I, mean, I, like I was going to say, as far as the offense goes, I don't think there was a ton of like of huge winners again because up until the third preseason game, the offense just wasn't scoring, so it's tough to really pick some winners out of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Leverett. Of course, the way he's able to be so versatile for this team, uh, he got through playing center okay. There wasn't too many issues, obviously, what with what we saw with Hainsey. And I think another guy, as far as non-starters, that I think you could call him a winner after game three, and that's Kyle Trask. Just the improvement mm -hmm. that he had, interesting for wow. the third. I don't, maybe not overall, but like with him, he's going to have growing pains. You want to see him take the next step, get better from day to day and game to game. And I think he played his best game in the third preseason. He threw for a touchdown. He was making reads. I believe he went 12 of 14. So I thought maybe not an overall winner, but he at least was a winner for the, for the third preseason game. And then as far as the starters go on the offensive side for winners, even though they didn't play too much, Rojo just nailing down that that number one running back. I know the Bucks haven't made an announcement, but if you watch the game, the way Rojo played mm -hmm. and the the amount of opportunities that Leonard Fournette did not have, I think that's a win for Rojo. He's going to be the guy. And then who's left? Oh, um, just for the game that he had, Chris Godwin. In the sense of we've spoken a lot about Mike Evans, a lot about Antonio Brown, but it was Godwin that had the touchdown. They all got involved. It was. Godwin down the seams, just making a bunch of making a bunch of plays, being that sure-handed guy, gonna get a lot of targets. Uh, so I put Godwin in there as well. And okay, so good choices by you, by the way. Here's the so the original 53 again are, isn't 
necessarily, but this is what Greg Almond's tweeting out right here. And I think based on our notes, we have the same thing, but just to read it all for people, uh, Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbert, Kyle Trask at quarterback, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, Keyshawn Vaughn at uh, running back, at wide receiver, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden, at tight end, Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, Cam Brate. Offensive line is Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, Tristan Wirfs, Josh Wells, Aaron Stinney, Robert Hainsey, John Molshan still on there right now, levered More on the now. COVID list. We'll put, we'll put a star next to his star name. Star next to him, yes. Levered on the COVID list. You'd imagine he ends up bouncing in there uh, eventually. Um, Bucks current 53. Here's the defense. So 25 on offense, that is right now. And then 25 on defense, too, actually. Vea, Golston, because remember, defense, Sue is still on the reserve COVID list. Yes. So right now it's six interior defensive linemen. Vea, Golston, Nunes, Roaches, McClendon, O'Connor, Davis. So you could say Davis not quite out of the woods yet because the defensive tackle is coming back. It's possible they do only want to keep six. I think they'll keep seven. We'll see. But we'll see. Well, he could be one of those four that get cut loose. We'll see. Um, Shaq Barrett, outside linebacker, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Joe tryon Choinka. Anthony Nelson and Cam Gill are making it. Star. Uh, Vontae David, yeah, star there, maybe a little bit. Vontae David, Devin White, Kevin Minter, KJ Britt, Grant Stewart. Star. At linebacker. And uh, then at corner, we'll uh, we'll put Cockrell with corner. Uh, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamal Dean, Ross Cockrell, D. Delaney. Then at safety, Jordan Whitehead, Antoine Winfield Jr., Mike Edwards, and Chris Cooper. Star. Yeah, star. So what, who do we star there? We starred Chris Cooper. Grant Stewart, maybe Khalil Davis, Cam Gill. That's four. And five is Molshan. Everybody else, I think, yeah. is pretty safe. I would be. Agreed. If Khalil Davis doesn't make it because of Keyshawn, they're trying to keep Keyshawn Vaughn. Just play three <laughs> running backs. Running back doesn't well, really matter for this. Can team. Khalil Davis play Gunner? I don't think so. I mean, I would I would like to see him. Try. I'm not. I'd like I'm, to, not uh, I'm not. I'd like to. Keyshawn I'd like Vaughn to see either. if he's a better running back than Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> That's, hey, that should have been my response. Give him, to a, give him a goal line carry. That's could, could you know. Khalil Davis play running back better than Keyshawn Moore? <laughs> I don't know. I want to see Vita Vea get a get a I rush at be, the goal line. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, some guys who struggled in camp. We'll, we won't have to go into in detail because we're almost out of time for today. But guys who I didn't think helped themselves in camp. I'll go. I'll let you. I'll go defensive side of the ball, and I'll let you look at offense to highlight guys that you want to look at. But. I thought defensive line-wise, everybody was fine. I, mean, I know McClendon got very few opportunities. To me, that's not his fault when he played. He was fine. Um, and guys only helped themselves there. Same thing for the edge rusher spot. You know, I, again, Joe Jones, it was obviously a lost opportunity. Did he ever really have a – did he ever really get a great chance to beat out K.J. Britt? I, I'd argue maybe that he didn't, but obviously lost opportunity for him. I didn't think Grant Stewart played great. Second preseason game, I know he had some splash cleanup plays. Um, it's fine. It's not a big deal, but – you know, that wouldn't have been one that I would have maybe picked as much as the Bucks did. Um, and then, you know, I think at safety, uh, there's no – here's what I'll say about safety. Because Javon Hagen didn't make – doesn't seem like Javon Hagen's going to be around on the active roster anyway. We'll see what happens with Chris Cooper. My guess is he's going to the practice squad. A Andrew Adams is out there. The Eagles cut him today. And maybe Ooh. the Bucs want to run it back. I mean, this is a reliable fourth safety. He's a wing on special teams, all four phases, good special teamer for them. Um, was a good locker room guy. Played a bunch should of we, years uh, there. Should we start the I'm coming home video? I, I mean, <laughs> maybe though, Matt. Like most guys that people will ask us about probably in the next couple of days are not going to happen. And 
the Bucs don't really have room at hardly any spots. I wonder if there's maybe some room at the fourth safety spot if Andrew Adams it was available and wanted to come back. They'd run it back with the same group of safeties from last year. Oh, for two. He got called upon in the NFC Championship game in a real yes. tough spot down with Rodgers throwing every down, and he and he played well. I mean, he broke up a pass in the end zone. You know, like, yeah, agreed. He had that I, game. Oh, is either 2019 or 2018 where he had like three interceptions? He yeah. picked off Cam Newton three times. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, this is a guy that can do a couple different things for you, and he's never going to be a great athlete, but. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a chance he could be a, a guy that they throw. Now, Chris Cooper played pretty well, and so we'll see what happens. And would they even want to keep four safeties because Ross Cockle's flexibility? There may not be a role for him. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't think that one's crazy. Most of most everything else people are going to think of is not going to happen, in my opinion. But that's one spot safety. If they didn't feel like Cockrell could play there, maybe, or they wanted to get him back in the corner, Maybe that's a spot where they, you, I could see a guy sticking. Yeah, from the outside, I, I could see that. That could be something. All right, uh, any disappointments on offense? Not a huge amount. I mean, other than guys I got cut, I, I would put uh, Keyshawn Vaughn's going to get lumped into this, but the the run game as a whole, I don't really want to single out any particular offensive lineman. I know like Kappa had his struggles, and and Stinney didn't necessarily take the reins to to earn the the starter spot when he maybe had an opportunity but the the running game as a whole i don't think really impressed me at all and like Keyshawn Vaughn did not have a lot of rushing yards but i think some of that was just his limited abilities as a running back and also just the the, the offensive line not doing not doing their job for him i mean they averaged 1.7 yards in the per carry in the first preseason game 1.3 in the second but Vaughn as well too just he he showed in this preseason that he can't be a, a kick return guy. So let's just mm-hmm. not do that anymore. And then even the third game too, you saw the Bucks. their touchdowns were all pass plays going two minute drills. So they didn't really establish the run too much up until Ronald Jones had his rushing touchdown. Another guy too, as far as the starters on offense, uh, I would have liked to see a little more from Scotty Miller. I just feel, yes, I was going to mention Bruce, him Bruce, you didn't, Bruce yeah. Arians was all about, Hey, you need to do more. Don't be a one trick pony. Make those grimy catches. We didn't really see Scotty make many receptions other than a bubble screen to him. And that's obviously designed for Scotty. And it was that plus I thought Tyler Johnson had a really good training camp and, and preseason. So you saw other guys around him really excel. Darden had a drop, but he got a ton of targets, way more targets than Scotty Miller ever did. So I would like to see a little bit more from Scotty Miller. I mean, he's still going to be that downfield threat, but he didn't get too many downfield opportunities. Yeah. It could change for the regular season, but if you're looking at all the receivers, I I think Scotty stood out the least more than anyone else. Yeah, definitely tough to, to blame him a ton. I mean, you are on a team with so many guys who can do so many things and it's just not who he is. And, you know, again, I, you can knock him for that if you want, if you're you know holding him up to wide receiver one or two standards. But if yeah. you're looking at wide receiver four, five standards, he's, I think he's like in the conversation for best in the league in those roles um, because what he brings to the table is so important. And he still did that at high level in camp when they asked him to. I don't know if there will ever be a complete, you know, package wide receiver. I don't think so. And that's okay. I mean, he still yeah. finds holes in zone and makes those catches exactly. and he didn't doesn't drop the ball he's got often. his role on this team yeah. there's, there's no question i don't think you got to worry about that you know what he'll never he'll never be as good in space with the ball in his hands as they want him to be for how athletic he is that's that'll never be his game really and yeah that, they wanted that to be the case i think the beginning of last year and it 
you know, if you get if you can throw great blocks for him, he can hit the chats, you know, so that's something. Um, oh, of course, I mean, if there's no one around him, right. he's gonna, but uh, yeah, that's gonna call up the field. Uh, uh, good, good observations by you, I think, on those guys. Definitely, Thank I, you. I, I don't have many. Uh, OJ Howard, I'll throw out there, but everybody yeah. knows that story. I, I think everybody knows how I feel about Leonard. I'd say missed opportunity for him this preseason to get better, too. Um, he kind of is what he is at this point, maybe. Some other moves around the league before we go, before we go away for today, uh, that real quickly, I want to touch on because i think they affect things for the bucks week four the patriots game obviously oh, yeah, everybody's course. got circled on their calendar well stefan gilmore's not going to be playing in that game he is on the pup list so he'll be out for at least the first six weeks of the season so patriots will be down their best corner um they also won't have cam newton it'll be a rookie mac jones i think i read today fans were talking and greg Allman was talking and i saw that i think the bucks have won their last five games against rookie starting quarterbacks. So they'll be playing against Mac Jones with Cam Newton being released today uh, by the Patriots. So it'll be a rookie in the rotation there for, uh, or in the uh, starting spot there for new England. So yeah. How you feel about the quarterback situation? I'm not sure. I, I think Mac Jones is probably better than Cam Newton at this point, in my opinion. And so maybe that one's a little better knock against the box, but not having to face the team's top corner with the wide receiver group they have is obviously a pretty big blow to the Patriots. Although they do still have a good secondary room for sure. Um, led by J.C. Jackson now, I guess. The other move that was interesting, David Bakhtiari, the Packers' left tackle, will also start the season on the pop list. So he'll be out at least the first six weeks. The Packers don't play the Bucs in the regular season this year. But I thought it was worth mentioning because we'll talk a lot about this uh, early next week, I think, before we get into the Cowboys game uh, very specifically, but on Monday and Tuesday. The state of the NFC is such that, Matt, it is hard for me to – I mean, I, maybe the Rams – you know, it all magically comes together. But other than them and the Packers, it's hard to see a legit challenger to the Bucks at the end of the year, you know, in terms of trying to win that conference. If everybody stays healthy, obvious caveat. So Bakhtiari will be out for the following games for the Packers. The Saints in week one, the Lions week two, the 49ers week three, the Steelers week four, the Bengals week five, and the Bears week six. So yeah, you've got some potential Khalil Mack, TJ Watt, Nick Bosa, Cam Jordan type matchups on your hands. I know those guys don't always line up over the left tackle, but they, teams can move them around and take advantage of matchups. And we saw the Packers struggled without Bakhtiari last season, most notably in the playoffs when they didn't have him. Yeah, uh, you, you know the the Bucks know how to eat up when they're going against backup tackles. You yeah. can look no further than the Super Bowl. It It is crazy. The, the amount of rookie quarterbacks – and just inexperienced quarterbacks that the Bucs are going to be playing this year. And we made our predictions today in our PR roundtable. And, you know, I'm trying to find one contenders to the Bucs overall in the NFC. And as you mentioned, mm -hmm. the Rams and obviously the Packers would be if everyone's healthy. Um, but as far as like just, you know, it's for the record itself. Yeah. Any given Sunday, a lot of people think they're going to go undefeated. I don't necessarily think that's the case. Uh, again, because everyone's going to give the Bucs their best shot. And the Bucs do at times tend to beat themselves. And I think that's the only way the Bucs are going to lose games this season. So I could see that happening once or twice. But just going down the, the list real quick, as far as, you know, inexperienced quarterbacks or quarterbacks coming back from injury or quarterbacks on new teams. Obviously, week one, Dak, a lot of injuries. Apparently, he's good to go, but he's coming off a very serious injury against the Rams. You know, Stafford is in a new system. We saw the Bucs. It took a little bit for Brady and the offense to get going. I don't know if three weeks is enough for the Rams, even with the training camp. Patriots, Mac Jones. 
Mm-hmm. Then you play the Dolphins. You got Tua, who only has, you know, what, five or six starts in his career? That's an inexperienced mm-hmm. guy. Eagles, same thing with Jalen Hurts. Then the Bears. I mean, will Justin Fields be starting by then? Yeah. Um, and then you go further down. Well, they play the Jets January 2nd. You got got I mean, Jets, Panthers I, at the end of the year, three three games in a row. Yeah, I mean, you've, yeah, again, the quarterback knows what the heck will be going on with Carson Wentz. So <laughs> the, the Bucs are going to have a chance to really feast on a lot of quarterbacks in new situations. Yep. It's true. There will be lots of winnable opportunities for a strong record. You saw our roundtable today, folks. If you go over to PeterReport.com, check out the PR roundtable along with all the roster moves. We've got all that broken down over at PeterReport.com. We've got our our predictions on the season and the records and how that's going to go over on our PR roundtable that went up today on the site. Uh, and I've got the Bucks going 14 and three. You've got them going 14 and three as well, Matt. Yeah, Dude, we're plus. doing everything. Look at this, man. This is, what a special <laughs> little pod we got going here. Um, yeah, but no, great. I think that it's that kind of a season for shaving up for them. Certainly, you know, at worst, it should be a five loss season at best. It could be a one or two loss season. Um, I'm yeah. not going to go this. I'm yeah, not going to go there with a zero. Not, I mean, uh, fans can go there. I've said yeah. that. fans go there. Feel free. I don't think it's, I don't think that's, I think that's really, 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 really hard in today's NFL. And they've still got yeah. plenty of tough games, especially at the beginning of the season before things are clicking. I mean, three of their first four games are tough. Of course. Um, so yeah, there's going to be plenty of challenges in their way for sure. So if you don't subscribe to the Pewter Report podcast over on Pewter Report TV on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the bell for the notifications when we go live. We are doing pregame show and live in-game stream on the Pewter Report uh, TV channel here on YouTube. When the Bucks play the Cowboys week one, Thursday night, there is going to be a full Yeehaw. run of content here. We'll have pregame content. We'll have fantasy football content uh, related to the Bucks players and Cowboys players for that game. We'll have betting content. We'll have all that yeah. in the pregame show, and it's going to be live at Whiskey Wings in Temple Terrace. We are very excited to be partnering with Whiskey Wings for this. If you don't know Whiskey Wings, check them out. They're going to have some promos for that night. That's where you want to be if you want to be able to see the Peter Report crew and the pregame portion before uh, that cowboys Bucks game in week one. Head on out to Whiskey Wings that night before the game. We'll have times and promos and all that stuff for you as we get closer to the game. It's going to be a great time. Then we're going to be doing the live in-game stream as well. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have a lot to break down and talk about on that in-game stream as the Bucks open their season against the Dallas Cowboys. And then we'll have the Peter Report post-game podcast. So hope you all are ready to lock in game days with the Peter Report crew. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell to get the notification when we go live over on the Peter Report TV YouTube channel. And uh, we'll have a great time all season long talking about uh, the best roster in football. So appreciate you all jumping in and tuning in with us today and listening to another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out! Happy anniversary to my parents. 35 years. Pretty great. Out. Oh.